you have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from LAist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes too when you donate now at laist.com sweeps. Start your Saturday with something that will grow your kiddos' brains and get their creative juices flowing. Join us at LAS in Pasadena for a morning of multilingual readings, interactive performances, and lots of kid fun. It's Super Fun Saturday on June 1st. Get your tickets at LAS.com slash events. LAS Studios. Today on the L.A. Report, Orange County officials say millions of dollars are unaccounted for. As another storm approaches, landslides are more likely if the soil gets too saturated. When you get too much, it just collapses all all together. And later, from How to L.A. series on vintage cinema houses, a love letter to the new Beverly. It's Saturday, February 17th. I'm Julia Paskin, and that's coming up on the weekend edition of the L.A. Report from L.A.ist 89.3. But first, here's the latest news. It's only been a week since more than a year's worth of rain fell on some spots of Southern California. And LAist science reporter Jacob Margolis says that means the risk of landslides with this next storm is higher than normal. There is a limit to how much water our soils can hold, and they're already quite saturated. It's kind of like when you build a sandcastle. A little bit of water can hold everything up, but too much, the water pushes the grains apart, and your sandcastle can collapse. It's unclear how much more rain it'll take to trigger a landslide in any given spot, but strong bursts of rain carry big risk. Bottom line is, if you're in an area that's prone to slides, or if the last storm triggered something, even if it was small, near you... Be very careful. For LAS 89.3, I'm Jacob Margolis. CalFresh recipients in Riverside County can have their food replaced if any of it was lost during this month's storms. The state estimates about $55 million in food benefits were lost, affecting about 280,000 households. For more information or to make a claim, go to your nearest social services office or benefitscal.com. That deadline is March 4th. Orange County officials say about $4 million in taxpayer money that was meant for meals for seniors is unaccounted for. It was money OC Supervisor Andrew Doe directed to a nonprofit led recently by his 22-year-old daughter, Rhiannon Doe. LA's senior reporter Nick Gerda broke the news and says there is a paper trail. What these new records show is that the county gave the group almost a year to provide documents showing what it did with millions in taxpayer funds that were supposed to feed people in need in central Orange County. But county officials say the group has failed to detail how it spent the money. Supervisor Doe and his daughter have not responded to requests for comment. You can read the full report on LAist.com. The number of overdose deaths in California state prisons went up last year. 59 people died of drug-related causes while being held in state prisons, more than double what it was in 2020 and 2021. Don Thompson wrote about this for KFF Health News. According to uh, some online uh, disclosures by the, the department, the number of deaths now has gone way back up. It's, it's back close to what it was at the record back in 2019. So now they're uh, scrambling again to try to figure out uh, how can they prevent some of these tragic deaths within uh, California prisons. Many of these deaths have been attributed to fentanyl. 
The Port of Los Angeles saw a near-record high number of shipments this January, the sixth straight month of year-over-year growth. The port says it's a reflection of the strength of the overall U.S. economy, but officials warn that there will be a dip this month due to factories in Asia taking off for the Lunar New Year holiday. And the historic Wayfarers Chapel in Rancho Palos Verdes is closed until further notice. LAist's Libby Rainey says it's because of all of this wet weather. It's a gorgeous glass chapel designed to mimic California's redwoods. But now the historic building designed by Frank Lloyd Wright's son is closed. It's another sign of erosion issues on our coastline. Church officials say that the chapel has to be shut due to accelerated land movement in the area after recent storms. It's a popular wedding venue, but if you had a reservation for the chapel, you'll be getting a refund instead. For LAist 89.3, I'm Libby Rainey. There is a GoFundMe page for restoration efforts. You can find out more at LAist.com. More after this break. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps. Hi, I'm Tracy Thomas, host of One for the Books, and we are back for another round. This is clearly an NPR audience. (laughs) I think they're so smart. What the hell? My guests this time are actor Vela Lavelle and author Amanda Montel, whose new book, The Age of Magical Overthinking, is out now. Join us on May 15th at the Crawford Family Forum for book talk, trivia, and hot takes. Tickets can be found at laist.com slash events. Welcome back to the L.A. Report. I'm Julia Paskin. When's the last time you saw a film on film? The new Beverly Cinema in Fairfax has been screening double features on film since the late 1970s, and that is never going to change. It's a guarantee by owner filmmaker Quentin Tarantino. Here is a love letter to this vintage cinema house by producer Victoria Alejandro talking with new Beverly projectionist Danielle Waken. I think that is what makes it cool is what we show isn't just, you know, like Jean Dielman from Janice Films, which like a bunch of like, you know, like I said, film school people show up, but then we had like a Twilight marathon for Twilight fans. So it's like, we kind of show something for everyone. And I think that's also what makes us kind of special too. We're like part museum in a way. And then for the collect, like the IB Tech geeks. And then we have like Twilight or Goofy Movie for even kids. Like it's just, it's such a vast audience that we speak to. She's speaking to something that really resonated with me. I love quote unquote important films and I will never complain about a three hour runtime. And I also think the Twilight movies rock. The first one's the best, but we can fight about that later. The New Bev is a place where the important stuff and the fun stuff both get shown on film, projected with the same amount of care and can all pack a house. I've had a passion for film, I mean, for over 10 years. I went to film school, did all that. And then when I was in school, I learned about film projection 
Did it at another theater, but rarely got to touch prints. So working here is like a dream. Projecting film isn't just hitting play on a movie. There's a whole show going on up in the booth that audience members never get to see. Before the movie starts, the projectionists measure the film reel and mark out changeover cues. That's where they'll literally load and change the reel of film. Most feature films take up between five and nine reels. And there's like an art to it. There's there's timing, and that's why we you know have to do all these measurements. Um, but yeah, there's nothing better than whenever you hit every changeover and it's a perfect show. Or watching my coworker have a perfect show is also a very very good feeling. When everything's on film, every screening is an experience. I know that might sound a little pretentious, but the tangible preparation that goes into screening something on film really does translate to the film feeling special for both projectionist and audience. Working here inspires me constantly, just being excited about movies, like after... Okay, like, here's a really good story. Phantom of the Paradise. Life and Salutations from the other side. Phantom of the Paradise, a 70s rock musical directed by Brian De Palma with music by Paul Williams, is another one of those cult hits. The film is a blend of Faust, Phantom of the Opera, and a critique of the music industry, with fabulous costumes, musical numbers, and a dash of horror. While it didn't get rave reviews upon its release, it found a dedicated fan base, even inspiring the French duo who would become Daft Punk. In this scene, a glam rock diva with golden glitter hair named Beef is given a starring role before the Phantom electrocutes him after a performance. It's all pretty dramatic and spectacular. One of my favorite screenings, I remember sitting there in the theater and when Beef came on screen, the whole audience roared and I was just smiling and I was like, this is why I work here. It's not even about like, oh, I'm touching film and like, I'm a projectionist and it's this performance that's really like, you know, important to me. I, I love doing it, but it's more about that moment where like everybody's screaming for beef and I'm just like, this is the coolest job ever. That is Danielle Waken, projectionist at the New Beverly Cinema, talking to producer Victoria Alejandro. You can listen to the whole profile on the theater on the How To LA podcast feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find it at LAist.com slash How To LA. Meanwhile, come this Monday, the California legislature will start the process of going through the more than 1,500 bills that were introduced this year. One proposal that CalMatters politics reporter Samia Kamal is keeping an eye on has been a hot-button issue in the state. The big one that we saw was the California Retail Theft Reduction Act, backed by the legislative leader, Assembly Speaker Robert Rivas. And so, you know, when he gets behind something, that shows us that it's a big deal. The bill would make it a crime targeting organized smash and grab thieves with a penalty of up to three years. The end of August is the deadline for state lawmakers to decide on that and other bills. Thanks for listening to the Weekend Edition of the L.A. Report. The Weekend L.A. Report is hosted by me, Julia Paskin, and produced by Monica Bushman and Kevin Tidmarsh. Our engineer is Sean Corey Campbell. The podcast is edited by Fiona Ng. Catherine Mailhouse is the Director of Content Development, and our Vice President of Podcasts is Shana Naomi Crockmall. 
Join us back here tomorrow. You can read more at LAS.com and listen live on the LAS app or on the radio at 89.3 FM. Listeners like you help make the LA Report possible. Please donate at LAist.com slash join. This podcast is supported by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe quality journalism makes Southern California a better place to live. LAist has a new live event series with the James Beard Foundation. We Are Where We Eat will go behind the scenes of some of your favorite L.A. restaurants to find out how and why they do what they do. I'm Austin Cross. Join me for the first event where we'll explore how restaurants help make a neighborhood and we'll all have something delicious to eat afterwards. It's May 22nd at the Crawford. Get your tickets now at LAist.com events.